This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live. Coming to you from the Twitch. Episode number 260 of Busted Wide Open. My name is Nick Howell. And looking forward to subscribing to the upcoming Twitch channel of Rakota Rye, getting $125 cameos from Large P, and checking out the new YouTube video game channel, Boston Breeds Konami Code. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to Busted <laughs> Wide Open. Yes, indeed, we are here on Twitch because we're allowed to be, because there's no man telling us we can't right. be here on Twitch. We, 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 we answer to no one, Nick, except for ourselves. <laughs> yes. And here we are bringing you the news and reviews of the graps over the last few days. we got to talk about All Elite Wrestling. They went home to All Out. All Out is a pay-per-view that's going on after our shows today, Nick. We got to haul ass today because we got to do this show. We got to do our mailbag episode right after the show live on Twitch. And then, boom, right into the pre show for All Out. After which, we will have a recap episode. So, big day today. It's going to be a day. It's going to be a day. We got AEW we're going to talk about right now. We've got NXT. They had an hour long four way Iron Man match. Good Lord. And then we also got to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. What's going on with Roman Reigns and also a gigantic swerve that happened on that show that everyone's seen coming for months. But it finally mm. happened. Mm. It finally happened. we got to talk about all of that, Nick. But we can't do that until we do some housekeeping. So let's do some housekeeping and then we'll get into all the rest of the show. Yeah, look, uh, elephant in the room. Guys, uh, tough week this week. We had to make some changes. Some restructuring took place. Uh, other things happened. There is an episode out there that you guys can listen to on the podcast feed. There's a letter in the Bust Wide Open discussion group. There is uh, also for patrons in the Discord. Put it up there for you guys as well. Thank you for all of the responses. Uh, thank you for all of the well wishes and all of the things like that. Uh, there's going to be a transitionary, transitionary period over the course of the next few weeks. You'll be alerted as anything starts to take major changes or major shape or anything like that. But, yeah, if you're here on Twitch with us, thank you very much for being here today. Uh, this is going to be the hub of the operation at this point going forward, and we hope you guys will be able to join us live or watch the VODs. They're available for 60 days now. Six mm. zero, not 16, six zero days. So you can absolutely get access to those. Some of those will end up on YouTube. Some of those are going to end up as an audio-only podcast as well on our Patreon at the new $5 tier. So lots of good stuff there. Head over to the Facebook discussion group check that out uh, and just hang out and post some fun memes good news stories and have good chats with everybody else uh, come join us in discord you can find links to that in the panels and everything down below make sure you're subscribed over to the youtube channel at youtube.com slash 
busted wide open. And patrons, thank you guys so much for all of your support. Patreon.com is the pl- slash BWO is the place to be. It is the best way to support the show as well as being here with us on Twitch. So all kinds of good stuff. Uh, some lean and mean changes taking shape here at BWO as we try to dial things in a little bit better for you guys. But yes, as Ian said, we had a long day today. We got mm. this main show, which is going to be a lot and we've got the patron mailbag that's going to be awesome right afterwards. Then we got to go watch all out. Then we're going to be right back here on Twitch with a recap. We'll have that up on Patreon <sighs> later. Just, woo! Marathon I'm, I'm, Saturday today. My goodness, I'm tired just hearing it. <laughs> it's the beginning of the day. Where's my coffee? Uh, exactly. Let's get started. Let's start with coffee and with tequila. It's probably going to be how we're going to be going today. Ooh, so. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad idea. But let's not waste any more time. Let's go home and get ready for all out with All Elite Wrestling. Well, this week on Dino Might, we finally got the face-to-face confrontation between John Moxley and MJF that we wanted, but just not in the way that we thought we were going to get it. You see, Moxley had he had rejiggered that little contract for his match with MJF where he had to give up the use of the paradigm shift finisher mm-hmm. in exchange for he sneaked in a 17th page. You know how you do. You just kind of you know staple an extra page onto your contract. Right. And it, it's binding. Totally <laughs> normal. Totally normal. Yeah, that's how things work in, in legalese. <laughs> okay. Whatever. At any rate, it, it, it got us this match. Moxley uh, forced MJF's weasel lawyer to face him in a match. Uh, as a preview of All Out. And so sure enough, the lawyer was, uh, he tried everything he could to get out of it. Wardlow had to kick in the door to get him, which was a, a just wonderful moment. Uh, dragged out this lawyer who's all padded up, kicking and screaming. Looked like he had uh, a Halloween store su- uh, Superman costume on or yeah, something. Yeah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> and finally get him to the ring. He keeps trying to like walk away and Wardlow keeps grabbing him. Wardlow just drags him back to the ring. Wardlow standing at the ringside this entire time trying to make this lawyer fight. Because if the lawyer doesn't fight, MJF loses his title match. Mm-hmm. And the, the moment where MJF was screaming at the lawyer backstage that he's got to wrestle, you don't get between MJF and what he wants, was another just beautiful uh, facet of MJF. Awesome. Good stuff. And then we had the match, which was... I thought it was, I thought it was uh, on, the, on the slapstick side of Silly... For AEW, like it, it was something where it almost went too far in a slapstick. I don't know, Nick. What did you think about the match? I thought it was fun. I like that element of Moxley where he's willing to take any form of punishment, and it just shows how sadistic he can be sometimes, but it also makes him look like he's bigger than life in a way when he can just kind of go, all right, all right just, just, just take your, take your yeah, free shot. Yeah, he's in there saying, I'll, get, I'll, I'll take the free shot. Just go ahead hit me in the face, and then the, the lawyer doesn't even know how to make a fist. He's, he's tucking his thumbs. And then you know, he corrects and, it for him. You know, yeah, just, but okay, now like, no, 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 come here, come here, come here. Make a fist like this. <laughs> uh, but then just the lawyer doing, you know, just completely pratfall kind of things, missing and then like swinging so hard he falls and right. just that kind of stuff. Um, Moxley, Moxley just like, okay, cool, my turn, slaps him, and the guy just goes, bah! and he goes falling, like been falling shot. all over the place. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it was, it was fun. It was definitely silly. I think it needed I, to be, though, to make what happened next even more impactful. You took the words out of my mouth because after Moxley finally decided to stop playing with his food <laughs> and finally ended this lawyer game, I was like, all right, all right. You poked me in the eye. You got me the one time. Here, here's 
There's a poke back, and here's a paradigm shift. Boom. One, two, three. Lawyer is dead and is carted from the ring to be put into a body bag. But then, of course, Wardlow attacks. And two F-10s later, Moxley's laying out in the middle of the ring, and MJF comes out feebly with his walker and his neck brace. And then, like you knew he would, slowly starts to take off the neck brace, starts to start take off his shirt. He's fine. He doesn't need that neck brace. He's fi- he's never been injured. Gets into that ring. He's in his. He's, he starts beating him down in his shirt. Takes off his shirt, so he's just in his wife beater, his his white tank top underneath, and just starts wailing on Moxley. Asks Wardlow for the ring. Gets the ring. Puts it on his finger. Mwah, kisses it. Drills Moxley in the head. Moxley's now got a crimson mask. Emma Jeff is, is, is chewing on his forehead and smearing blood all over himself. And it's a grisly scene, screaming into the, into the camera, you wanted violence, here's your violence. So, yes, Nick, you're right. Holds As it's up juxtap- the title, nice low camera shot, standing next to Wardlow, who, yeah. if you were paying attention a couple of times, cut eyes at that title. Well, good job at Wardlow if he's, if he's laying the seeds. But I think it's just because this was a week of friend betrayals, Nick. I think that you're just you might have been reading into it. Maybe so- <laughs> there was a lot of that this week. There was, was a lot of, of it. It was the theme of the week. It was the theme of the week, <laughs> but uh, luckily not here. The theme here was just MJF being an absolute asshole psychopath and actually laying out Moxley, leaving Moxley in a pool of his own blood, which you kind of needed going into this match where we're all pretty much, I don't think anybody's sitting here going, I think that uh, MGF is going to beat Moxley straight up in a wrestling match. No, no one's thinking that. No. And that's kind of the way that they've built the feud too, is MJF and his just sadistic, uh, you know, brain, evil genius brain versus Moxley just being a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. Who's going to come out on top. And so far, MJF has gotten a couple points in his corner, but Moxley's so confident he can take him out that he's just going in regardless. So this this kind of played against that is us showing, oh, MJF can get on top of Moxley and beat the crap out of him with just a couple of Wardlow interferences, which you know is going to be a thing in this match too. So it was a great way to go home for this feud. The question I have here, Nick, is um, obviously we'll give our picks in a second, but do you think that th- this has been Moxley's most interesting feud? And is that because some of the best heroes, some of the best champions just needed a good villain yeah. to really be good champions. I think I had the highest hopes for Dark Order and and the the debut of Brody Lee. Yeah. Uh, that just did not deliver. And I yes, I think this it's been a weird year. Um Moxley being one of those that needs the crowd to feed off of his energy and vice versa it has put him in a spot and we've talked down about his his reign throughout 2020. Yeah, uh, I, do I think this is his best feud? Absolutely. This this is going to end up being the best one. I'm not sure if they're going to change it over tonight because of how good it has become and how good right. work MJF is doing. Otherwise, if, if we hadn't had the last few weeks of content, I probably would have said, yeah, they could have flipped it to MJF. He can probably do more with it. But looking at what MJF is doing for Moxley, I'm going. I'm second-guessing myself now because I, I do, I do want to see this go on for longer than two weeks right i frankly want to see this match go to an inconclusive finish sure i don't want to see because you know they were saying during this segment both these guys have no losses they have they they are all their wins and oh so 
it's going to be a blemish on whoever loses this match. I'll save my re- the rest of mine for when we do the pickums. Yeah, I just don't want to. I don't want to see a clean finish to this match. Yeah, I don't want this to be done. I I want this to continue and escalate even further. This shouldn't be another one and done AEW feud where you you have the the match at the pay per view and then that's it. The feud's done. Um, and as you said, they could have done more with Brody Lee, but they had him beaten the first time, and then it was he had to go off and kind of rebuild the Dark Order. And they had to do a lot of stuff. And they, I mean, they had to go sacrifice Cody to do that. Right. Um, which, great, they did the right thing. But it still was a bad look for Brody Lee at the time. It was a bad look for Brian Cage. He still hasn't recovered. He's still, he's in the damn pre-show this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and not in a, and kind of in a few with Lance Archer, but heel versus heel, eh, it's a weird situation. Yeah. So it's, you know, they're, they have not been good at, at building heels for Moxley to face. And so MJF being probably one of the brightest prospects for the future for that company and certainly one of the best heels working right now, full stop. Across the board, universal. Full stop. Yeah. Um, I I think it's great to have Moxley working with MJF, and I wouldn't stop this program at this pay-per-view. I'd keep running it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Finding all the, like, squeeze all you can out of this. Yeah. Until you have, like, something else... Like Kenny Omega turning heel, which may or may not happen. All we know is that it's looking a little shaky for the tag champs because this week Kenny Omega came out to be interviewed about what he thought about Hangman Page getting kicked out of the Elite last week after costing the Young Bucks their championship uh, contendership match in the gauntlet. Uh, And Kenny just was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, Hangman can be a bit of a douche, but it is what it is. Um... And he's, inter- he's interrupted, as you'd expect, by FTR, the guys who are coming for his belts tonight. <sighs> this was nice because, like they have been doing the backstage segments, they tried to offer him some chocolate milk as a way to say, hey, we know you don't drink beer, but we got you, dude. But this time, Kenny wasn't seen. He's like, dude, I know how this works. You guys are full of crap. Like, you can't trick me again. I, I do love chocolate milk more than anything else in my life, but I will even not drink this. Because I think you guys are such scumbags. So, right. you know, I know this works. It's two to one. At, I mean, kind of three because old ass Tully's sitting over there in, in his Depends. So if you want to come at me, come at me now. I'm here. I'm alone. Let's, let's go. And it looks like things are going to escalate until Hangman Page does come out with his nice big glass of whiskey into the ring. Still looking kind of forlorn and sad. Like a sad cowboy emoji, which is what his Twitter is right now. Oh, oh. You know, poor little hangman. Now he's hang dog page. Oh. But he comes out to the ring, gets in the ring, and uh, starts to starts to be like, you guys tricked me. And, and FTR's like, we didn't do a damn thing, man. You did this all yourself. Did we say a couple things? Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. You have no one to blame but yourself. You're an idiot. You're you're a sucker. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, pal. You know, you screwed your friends over. That's on you. And they all take off, and Hangman's just kind of like, they, they, they picked up the tag belts, and they go to give them back to Paige. Paige takes them and looks around to give one to Kenny, and Kenny's just outside the ring just shaking his head at Hangman. That camera move, by the way, was fantastic. That reverse to see where Kenny was outside the ring already and just kind of threw his hands up and kind of flapped him at him. And then, oh, I cannot wait. Much like another thing we're going to talk about later, I think that we're going to have a culmination tonight of something we've been waiting on and building towards for a long, long time. Uh, I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about uh, what is ultimately going to happen between Hangman and Kenny. 
I want to see what F, which side FTR lands in this. There's other things brewing outside of this with the other tag team that we'll talk about here in just a, in a minute. Uh, but man, there is a lot circling around this uh, in AEW right now, and I, I, oh man, I want it to deliver. Well, they have been, good lord, they've been building this and and getting all the threads oh. tied up for a while now. I, I would say this is like, I, I would almost say this is ripe. It's a ripe storyline. It's ready. And, it's, and we've been looking at it and watching it develop since almost this time last year, if you think about it. Like, they have really spent some time building history of resentment with the Bucks and, and Hangman, um, showing that Hangman and Omega are really, really good together, but like when they're, when they're on... But that also, Kenny's kind of starting to go his own way, too. I mean, he put on the cleaner glasses in, on BTE this week. He's been acting like a heel towards Marco. Like, he's, he's become more and more of a bit of a dick. Kenny's kind of going his own way. He's, he's losing his mind a little bit. And Hangman obviously finally got he, got... he was partying with the FTR for a while there. And they got under his skin. And they, they tricked him. But he ultimately did it. And we saw why. And this is when, when the people who run AEW, whether it's Khan or Cody or whoever, Bucks... When they talk about not wanting to work in black and white, heel and face anymore, this is what they're talking about. Real people, real emotions, even though it may be heightened and kind of soap opery and telenovela whatever, yeah. it's still the idea is we're, we're running on fundamentally real people making real mistakes and having real emotions and not just big, oversized cartoon characters. You're good. You're bad. The bad guys tricked me, therefore I must beat the bad guys. It's no, it's more nuanced than that. Yeah, it's, hum and I appreciate it's humanized. It. Yeah, it's I, I appreciate humanized. that. And like yeah. you said, it's not the cartoonish uh, superhero mindset mantra of of WWE. I, this, and I think that's the allure that people it, that drives people to this kind of stuff. And I think, frankly, that's the kind of stuff we look at in other promotions outside of WWE, whether they're indie or whatever it might be. That seems to be the case. It, pretty much anywhere outside of WWE is it brings a level of humanity to it. There's not this, oh, he's the bad guy, so the good guy must go defeat the bad guy before he gets to the the you know the the late damsel in distress or whatever yeah. that kind of story might be. Uh, I need a minute to catch up here real quick. Uh, sure. They're coming in hot. Uh, yeah. First of all, offline, I've been uh, hit them. H Muldoon and ND Wilder, both with Twitch Prime subs. Thank you very much. Thank you very gentlemen, much, gentlemen, for awesome. those. Kyle kicked us off with a hundred bits into the tip jar. Thank you very much, sir. He says firmly believe Mox wins somehow using his finisher with the ref's back turned or a modified version of the move. That's not that paradigm shift. That's dirty deeds. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll come back to that because <laughs> I'm I'm kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. And also, Frosties, which I think is Will James, gifted a Tier 1 sub to Kenpachi Washington. Thank you very much, Will. And uh, Kenpachi, make sure you thank Will for your gifted sub there when you get a chance. Thank you. Thank you all for all thank of this, uh, so the contributions always. to the channel. These, this is fantastic. Always, always, always. And uh, we have a lot of new people in the chat. Thank you guys for checking us out Welcome, guys. Hope you're having a good time uh, and enjoy. Um, back to where we were. Uh, yeah, mm. I don't want to say much else until we get to the pickums. I definitely have some some okay. Some well, let's talk about booking to do. Let's here, talk but. about the other side of this equation then, because yeah. the Bucks were also in a match. I'm going to jump forward a little bit in our notes yeah, here. Yeah. Bucks were also in a match. It was uh, to determine who was getting the. Uh, it was it was two tag teams on each side. It was a four on four match. Uh, your private party and SCU teaming up against Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks, and the winning two teams would have to face each other at All Out, which is a 
bizarre stipulation yeah. and one that is coming out of almost no story. So we're going to have a match on Sunday that has, or tonight, that has no story. Except they made as much as they could out of it. Because the story here was that Private Party and SCU were doing their best to be on the same page, including Kazarian you know, yelling at the kids and being like, come on, guys, we got to get aggressive here. But ultimately, it was that the Bucks were acting like dicks yeah. to, the, to Jurassic Express. They weren't tagging them in. They were trying to take it all on their own. They finally had to tag them in. And even then, they were like telling the guys where to go and what to do. And you, know, you had both uh, Jungle Boy and, and uh, Luchasaurus be like, Dude, what? Come on, man. All right, fine. Let's, uh. And ultimately, they did win. So we are getting Bucks versus Jurassic Express at the pay-per-view. But the Bucks wouldn't even shake hands after the match. They're still so tore up on Hangman, they're acting like dicks. Which that, I mean, they were acting like dicks in the whole Hangman feud, too. So this is a very, I'm curious uh, if they are, if this is one of those things where they're, they're doing it because they think it comes across as being justified in real life. And this is going to get kind of, this is going to get meta. Just come with, come with me. Come with me on a journey through time and space <laughs> to the world of the mighty bucks. Um, this, I don't know if when they're booking themselves, they're thinking, oh, the fans will understand this is justified, we're angry, blah, blah, blah. Or if they're like, okay, we need to go out there and be dicks because we're going to be the heels in the match on, on, on Saturday night, which I think they are. I think it's the latter. I hope it's not the former because that's, that's definitely not playing. And I was wondering in the whole Hangman thing last year if that was the case. Yeah. If they were like, we're intentionally going to come across as dicks. No, they went out. Christopher Daniels got out of the way one time, and they ended up super kicking. I think it was Matt Jackson super kicked Jungle Boy, right? Accidentally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I'm saying, like, are are they doing that to try to get heat? Yes. Because if so, it's working. Yes. Yeah, they're they're being massive dicks. They have been since the Hangman thing, basically. And it's funny because this is a this is what I would normally consider a nothing match, but because of that aspect of it, because of how it relates to the Hangman thing and how they were acting, I'm now curious to see what they're going to do tonight. How are they going to treat Jurassic Express? Who's, I mean, they're one of the most overacts in the company right now. So how are the Bucks going, obviously heel and face, not really relevant in AEW, but are they going more heelish? Are they, are that, is Hangman leaving the elite going to cause that? I'm curious. How does this so, all tie into Kenny and Hangman is really what right. right? Yep. The, like this, there's so much overlap and cross-pollination in the different feuds and things that are going on here. It, it has my full attention. They got me, Nick. Yeah. They got me. Yep. I'm, in, I'm invested because of the characters and because of the interpersonal relationships on their show. That's good writing. Yep. Uh, also, Jericho is having a match against Orange Cassidy tonight. It's the Mimosa Mayhem match. Uh, Accompanied by a little bit of a bubbly. Bit of bubbly. A little bit of bubbly. <laughs> and obviously the loser is, is lose by a pinfall submission or going into the vat of mimosa. 500 gallons of mimosa, whatever it is. And uh, Jericho had a warm-up match by destroying poor Joey Janela, who just can't seem to get started in AEW. No. Um, this was a fairly quick match. It was Joey putting up a little bit of offense and Jericho ultimately code breaker, which Joey sold like he got shot. And then uh, Jericho takes him down in the walls of Jericho, taps him out, and then starts beating him up. Bloodies him, in fact. Yep. Bloodies him and starts beating him down. With until the Orange turnbuckle. Cassidy. Takes the turnbuckle pad off, bashes oh, yeah. him into the bashes turnbuckle. Yeah. Very vicious. But the whole time, Orange Cassidy is sitting ringside because he'd been invited there earlier in the show by Jake Hager in a cute little backstage segment. So Orange Cassidy's watching all this. He can't take anymore. He jumps in the ring to attack Jericho. He gets pounced by Moxley, by Moxley, by Hager, excuse me, big blonde guys. Uh, he gets pounced by Hager. They both start beating him down until Sonny Kiss comes out to run interference. 
Uh, she comes in, beats up, beats up Jericho, beats up Hager, gets beat up herself. Orange Cassidy, she ultimately stands tall. Orange Cassidy reaches into his backpack, pulls out one of these bottles of the bubbly, and just instead of drinking it, he just pours it out and leaves it on the mat. Ooh. Gave him so a thumbs down. How, <laughs> how is this for a go-home segment for this feud, which has been going on for a while? Was, um, this, was this effective or was just this kind of there? Scapegoat Joey Janela really had nothing to do with it. He was just there to be the... the he was a ragdoll. Yeah. yeah. He, he, was, he was there to be the gazelle for the hyenas to play with. <laughs> uh, Andy threw 100 bets in and says, I don't want pouty face young bucks heels. I want cocky young bucks heels. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think that's I, what we're going to get. I think that's kind of what the what we saw in, in that match, uh, Andy. I'm I'm hoping this is a redemption angle. Yeah. I'm hoping they're going to they're going dicks to be to realize the error of their ways and come back to the side of light because there's uh, yeah. We run shit here. We're MF and EVPs of this place. Who do you guys think you are? That's the kind of stuff I want. I but I did see, see I did see something today that was really I think put things into perspective for me. Okay. All in the original all in the poster was Cody's face front and center, the young bucks flanking him on the top, then all in. And then on the bottom, it was the three of them walking towards an arena. Mm. It was just them. The poster for all out nearly two years later, they're not even on the poster. None of them. Cody's not there because he's out injured. Bucks aren't there because they're in a small little tag match on the show. They have gotten the brand over. They've gotten over. At first, they were the one. They got over, and then they started this promotion, and then they got the promotion over, and everyone in the promotion over. Now they got enough other stars there. You know, the only you got Jericho and Moxley on on, the the only pre-established stars. I would argue, you know, on on that level. Everyone else, people they built. Good for them. So and 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 frankly, get their name and their make it not about them anymore. It's a brilliant way to do it. So if they want to go off and have like a little emo soap opera feud down on the on the side, knock yourselves out, guys. Come yeah. back when you're ready. There's plenty of other talent in there that, that you can push to the top that are deserving of it. You know, they're the EVPs. They don't need to be the top of the company. And I applaud that, actually, Frank. They didn't even pose when they came out for their entrance. Well, they're salty, Nick. Mm. Um, back to this one though. I I, I loved this, and I kind of rolled my eyes at it a little bit. I kind of just want to get to this match already. Let's blow this off. Let's move on. I feel like they're treading water and dragging it a little bit. But I am intrigued by this Mimosa match. Um, I'll save the rest of what I think is going to happen uh, for our pickums in a little bit. But, I mean, it, it's kind of like, eh, eh. I'm starting to come around with what you've been saying about the Cassidy stuff doesn't work without a crowd. No, and even even the kind of small ten percent crowd here is not below my mind with it. Yeah. So, but that's yeah. not all. Jericho's inner circle buddy Santana and Ortiz open the show with best friends, and best friends don't get the the comeuppance. They don't want to get. They didn't get the comeuppance on Santana Ortiz that they wanted to get for Sue's minivan. You know where I'm going with this. Santana and Ortiz finally got a victory over the the best friends. Uh, and their dominance continues ever since they lost the best friends and then got mad at them and trashed Trent's mom's minivan, which is a phrase that I never thought I'd say about a wrestling show, but at the same time, I'm not mad at it. No. It's, that's, it's working for me. You do not mess, Don't with, mess Sue. with Sue. Don't mess with Sue. I mean, she's, although Sue is a member of the Dark Order now, Nick. What? She drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Is that legit? Well, I mean, she drank the Kool-Aid. Oh, God. Okay. It's on BTA. 
Okay. So, I, I missed it this week. So anyway, no, yeah. it was no, it was <laughs> it was a while back. Anyway, okay. Okay. <laughs> neither here nor there. The bottom line is Santana Ortiz continue to beat best friends. I suspect this feud will go on. Is I'm not Sue mad a at it. Shapeshifter that comes out in the form of Anna J. Did I miss something somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> Mom, you're like hot. Ugh. Yeah. I, I definitely Wait, want to see Mom, some you're, level you're of banging ten? Yeah. Ugh. I definitely want to see some level of like please don't let the the whole minivan trashing thing go away. I want to see that something else ha- I want to see some retribution there. Oh, God, yeah. I said the word. Shit. <laughs> Careful, they might shut us down again. Uh, I, I definitely want to see comeuppance, as you said. I, I want to see something, some payback there uh, as far as getting getting one back on, even if it's just in fun, like some kind of way where they'll, they they get something back. The best friends get one back on, on yeah. Santana Ortiz, but that didn't happen get, here. They got to get beat down for a while and have their comeback eventually. Cool, yep. fun little program. Not mad at it at all. Um, I, I, it needs to escalate some more, but yep. they're letting it simmer. And it's entertaining. It was a good way to start the show. Kyle threw uh, 100 bits and said, Sue oh. has retribution and Tazawa's ninjas in her minivan club. Don't mess with Sue. <laughs> yes. Minivans are very popular right now. I have they are. Them. Yeah. Yeah. If Anytime Sue does you have a minivan full of ninjas, that's not a, you're not going to have a good day. But. I'm telling you, if they really go with the Sue joins Dark Order thing and like trying to go save his mom from Dark Order after they're done with, after they're done with Santana and Ortiz, and Sue's just like, driving those goofballs the dark order around everywhere to get chilies i'm in i'm in on those skits by the way i'm 100 percent in (laughs) would you say you Uh, would want to put that in your eye holes i would i would actually nick want to put that in my eye holes (laughs) thunder rosa thunder rosa the nwa reigning women's champion came over to defeated by the way undefeated undefeated uh, came over to have a, I guess you could call it an exhibition match, a warm-up match. She's got a title match against Hikaru Shida. I haven't actually seen if it's actually for Shida's title, by the way. It does say for the current. AEW Women's Championship. It does? However, the NWA Women's Championship is not, is not has not been line. declared on the line. No. Okay, so it's just Shida's championship. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, Thunder Rosa had a warm-up match against Serena Deeb. Which I I had forgotten she was furloughed along with everybody else during this whole pandemic. She was working as a trainer down in the PC for WWE, but here she is looking great. She's really good. <laughs> she is really freaking good, and she looked really good in this match. It's weird to see her with the full head of hair, I gotta say. Yeah. I'm used to her being shaved bald and coming out with CM Punk. Right. Still, after all these years. But they had a really good match. Surprising, actually, how much offense Serena got in to the point where I was seeing a lot of people complaining that it made Thunder look bad because Deeb looked so dominant for a good portion of this match. It looked like Serena had her number for a good portion of this match, which I kind of agree with Nick. Like, I think that if you want to establish Thunder Rosa as being dangerous to Hikaru Shida, she needed to look more dangerous here. She looked like she beat Serena Deeb clean as a whistle. She's, but it was, it was almost like she survived her. That's, that's fair. Well, I mean, most of it was that octopus lock that she had her in forever. Yeah. Um, and then she got out of that, and it was a thunder bomb. Like, it was a five-minute match. Thunder, it wasn't had to do, 
but she had to do a lot of selling. She did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I liked Serena being able to go out there and show what she can do. I can think of better ways to do that. Same. And I think that Serena being in their women's division would be a huge asset because of her history as a trainer and her extensive history in the business. Having veterans like that around, especially with some of their younger talent that need to be trained up a little bit, it's a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. No word on if she signed with AEW yet or not, but I, I can only imagine they looked at that and hopefully saw something positive. Um, that being said, has there been enough to build between Thunder Rosa and Sheeta? Should Sheeta have been there for this match? Or does it feel like just two champions were building them separate from each other and they're going to clash at the pay-per-view, but just not, there's just not enough interpersonal rivalry? I feel like it would have been a good spot to have Sheeta come out at the top of the ramp at, after the match and hold the title up. Like, not yeah, physicality, some, but give me something where they're facing off or right. something that's not a graphic thrown up on the Tron or on my TV. You know, yeah. I, I, I wanted, I was left wanting more, but in a way, I'm not too mad at that because I like being pleasantly surprised. I'm, I'm expecting this to be a baller match tonight. Yeah. There's a certain philosophy to keeping your wrestlers separate until they have a match, especially when they have very obvious pedigrees they can come out with a freaking belt that yeah. says i'm a champ that's a really you know yeah obviously they, that that pre-establishes that they're somebody but the problem here is that i feel like Sheeta's reign has already been so lackluster in yeah. some ways where she hasn't really been on tv that much she's had no real feuds having her be Re there reho be syndrome all over again yeah having her be there for this match establishes more the the dynamic between the two and i think that needed to be done here it'll be fine it'll probably be a great match to be honest with you on the show tonight but they should have had them actually face off a little more yeah just my feeling couple of bits real quick uh frost a uh, will threw in a hundred bits says hope Thank this you, works will. don't bit and drive yes please please do <laughs> not bit and drive Whoa. guys at least pull over safe, will. grab a snack or a drink get some gas and yeah. then throw some bits in but please don't drive pull uh, over have a cocktail and yes. do it there you know. no, no no wait oh wait no no no, no, no don't do that <laughs> hold on <laughs> please do not have a cocktail and drive oh right we Sorry. here at the Bust Wide Open Broadcast do not promote the drinking and driving mentality. Uh, Kyle, thank you very fun. much, Will, Wait, and please no. be safe. Yes, uh, oh. Kyle threw 100 bits in said, fantasy booking, Mel and Serena tag team, cult sisters. <laughs> I mean, we could try to revive that whole nightmare collective thing all over again, you know? Yeah. I, I think Serena's probably done with that aspect yeah. of her career. <laughs> she shaved I don't her head. think she's going to shave her head again. Yeah, she's like, I'm good. Thank I'm you, good. Kyle. Thank you, brother. <laughs> uh, speaking of the women's division, Big Swole and Britt Baker had one final uh, confrontation. This time, Britt actually finally got physical. Big Swole was being interviewed by Tony Schiavone, where she announced that she was going to come to where Britt Baker worked, the dentist's office, and they were going to have a tooth and nail match, whatever the heck that is. And Am I supposed to just know what that is? When, when they throw this stuff, like a, 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 a may mimosa mayhem match, a tooth and nail match. Am I supposed to just know what these things are? No, you're just it's supposed to bubble up in your brain and be like, "Ooh, what could that be?" I guess I'm going to find out Saturday night. She Saturday, drive Saturday, a fingernail into her teeth with the, the lock jaw. Like, she got, I've got we got nails, and she works on teeth, so it's like a thing. I don't know. Can you see the I, calculus flying past my head right now? <laughs> okay, so a tooth and nail match is from the dentist's office. It's a no no DQ falls count anywhere match. 
So uh-huh. that's what a tooth and nail match is, from what I understand from their Twitter. But Rebel comes up during the interview, poorly disguised behind a mask, and says, somebody order pizza? Pizza for Tony Schiavone? <laughs> while, they're, while they're distracted, Britt Baker beats up Big Swole from behind, puts her down in the locked jaw, and then smears pizza all over her face. And that's how we went home, too. And then she gets pulled off by the refs and the security staff, and then that's how we go home, is Britt Baker uh, standing tall over Big Swole, who's now t- tastes strangely like mozzarella. Uh, so is it is it is it sad that I'm more interested in this than the AEW Women's Champion? What's sad, Nick, is that they had this match on the pre-show. This was going to be a pre-show match, and there was a huge fan backlash to it online. A lot of people outraged that the longest running storyline in their women's division by far, possibly ever in their women's division over the in two years, whatever it's been, has been relegated to the pre-show. A lot of people didn't like that. They also bitched when it got on the main show, but whatever. It's it's now on the main show where I think it should be. I agree. You have run this feud for so long. It has been a really good feud for the most part. Why would like I, I would I would have said it was insulting if they'd kept it on the pre-show. I would have I, I would have absolutely bagged on that. It was the right decision to put it on on the main show. Britt Baker's so. done some of the best work in character work, especially in wrestling in all of 2020. Yeah, she's absolutely so going all the way back to the Jericho cruise uh, when we were all like, "What? What? That's this is kind of dumb." She has turned it into, and really in stride with this injury, turned it into what I think is one of the best character works of the year. Agreed. And so to to take that in a in a division where they're already getting some flack from people, and deservedly so, for not really having a well put together women's division. Yeah, and the best feud in the division gets put on the pre show. It just underlines their problems, big time. Yeah. So I'm glad they decided to to change that decision and make the right decision. Put it on the actual show. What's on the pre-show now besides uh, the battle royal? Well, we'll get to that when we do our pickums okay. in one second. We also had a segment that was the warm up to the casino battle royale. It was bizarre. Taz and his boys came out to the ring and started talking smack. All of a sudden, Jake the Snake comes out, starts talking about busting nuts. I won't get more into it than that. It was bizarre. And then he gets yeah, and then he gets interrupted by Eddie Kingston who made some sort of weird homosexual joke. I couldn't quite understand where he was going with it, but it l- sounded like they were all rushed for time. And then all of a sudden, every, every, uh, everyone just huge rumble. People coming out of the back. Uh, everybody. Everyone who's involved in the Casino Battle Royale that we know right Butcher now. Butcher and Blade appear out of nowhere. Butcher and, Bl- Butcher and Blade were there. With, they're, they're in the audience all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Kingston is... Is beating people up. Sean Spears is hanging out there with Tully Blanchard on the side of the ring, the side of the the stage. Billy and Austin Gunn come out of the crowd to get in on this. Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz show up at the end and start rumbling too, and then best friends. Show. It was just it was a madhouse. It went through the commercial, um, just like Matt Hardy and Sammy uh, Guevara did with dueling signs in another commercial. So mayhem, bit messy. If I if I will, if I could, it bit messy of a segment. Didn't make anybody look good. And no one stood tall, which is fine. I don't think anyone should, but it was just a mess. Yeah, I think one of the one of the downfalls of Royal Rumble over in WWE land is it's it it's gotten kind of easy to pick or when you're not really surprised when somebody wins. And that might be a little bit of Roman Reigns syndrome for the last few years. Um seeing Drew do what he did, it was like, yeah, all right. They kind of telegraphed it, you know, they, they told us it was coming. Um I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea 
who is who is even favored or who would be ideal to win this battle royal because we will not have seen the outcome of the championship match yet. Well, one thing this this segment did establish is there's a lot of feuds coming into this, right? Darby yeah. Allen uh, hates Ricky Starks. Lance Archer and Brian Cage are having some sort of you know little dick, big muscle face off. <laughs> Uh, you've got Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix and Butcher and Blade. Uh, they're there to cause mayhem. Best friends and Santana Ortiz hate each other. Like, it's all just... All these guys, I think, might cancel each other out. Which, actually, Nick, I know you need to catch up, but that's going to actually lead us into our pickums because that's the first thing we're going to be picking. Yeah, just so one just, just one to up. catch up on real quick. Yes. Is Andy threw one in, threw 100 bits in. Thank you, sir. He says, uh, regarding Baker and Swole, it's nice to see an actual feud that's been built purely by promos and segments and only locking proverbial horns in a match at a pay-per-view. Yes. Isn't that so rare these days? Yeah. Where it's and not that- revolving a ch- around a championship. It's not a, oh, you called me this, so I'm going to call you that. Kind of, I mean, th- this is, it's re- been really fantastic. It's one of the reasons I, cr- and she's done it all from a wheelchair. Keep mm-hmm. that in mind. That's fantastic. A lot of creativity was used to keep that going. Yeah. So it's been pretty fantastic. Thank you, Andy. Uh, thank you very much. So, Nick, that was our uh, discussion about Dynamite, which means because that pay-per-view is coming up in, oh, about four hours and 15 minutes, we need to go and give our pickums for All Out. Picking up where we left off the pre-show, we are going to have the Casino Battle Royal. Indeed. uh, With a lot of dudes in it. A lot of dudes. Darby Allin, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, Butcher, Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears, Billy Austin Gunn, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and others. I mean, they they put TBD on there as well. So there could be others. We could be seeing like a you know Pillman Jr. or something like that show up. And the Joey Janela, Sunny Kiss might show up there. We could also have someone who we didn't think about who might be a favorite show up in there. So things could get interesting. Uh, who do you have winning this one? Obviously, I know this is a flyer, but uh, who do you have winning? I mean, my gut. My gut is telling me Eddie Kingston. Which That's makes no sense. That? No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Darby Allen. Ah, interesting. I would not mind seeing MJF and Darby Allen. Would not mind that at all. I see how I see you. I see where you're going with that. I'm going to put the TBD. No one on this list. <laughs> okay. Uh, Private Party versus Dark Order was added to the pre-show as well. That's, hang on, uh, hang on one second. Shut Perfect. the fuck up, Silver. Okay, there we go. On. All right. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you didn't get to hear it, did you? I've changed your thing. I don't want to mess up the stream, so I'm not going to do it now. Okay. I played the uh, silver line. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. It is Silver and Reynolds from the Dark Order versus Private Party on the pre-show. Uh, Nick, who do you have for this one? Uh, I, I, I can't not pick Private Party. I can't. I'm trying to find a way where it would behoove Dark Order for these two to win, and it would actually play into the storyline more that they lose, so that Brody Lee can tear them down. This isn't about who's going to win; it's about who's losing, because uh, yeah, this is all to set up Brody Lee tearing down Silver and Reynolds. Absolutely, I I, I also agree. And also on a pre-show, you tend to like to have uplifting matches, so I think Private Party. Also, they Private Party just laid down uh, for the Bucks, so I think I think Private Party's getting their win back here. Yeah. 
Uh, on the main show, it's now official. Britt Baker versus Big Swole is on the main show. Who do you have one in this one, sir? You know, it's it's almost got to be Britt Baker by for for a smash. Uh, some some kind of Reba interference, some kind of thing. Big Swole will be fine, but I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Britt Baker here. I, I love when you're wrong. I'm taking Big Swole by a mile. <laughs> Baker stood tall on the last show. Nuff said. Swole. It's like WWE, though. Swole wins. I love it. Okay. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a, a broken Matt stipulation. <laughs> broken Matt match. That's what it is. So if Damascus. Matt, if Matt loses, he leaves AEW. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the stipulation. Yeah. Matt's winning. Matt's winning. <laughs> Either that or Sammy gets the win here and they figure out some way to bring Matt back. But I think, Maybe I think he, he comes back as one of his 27 different characters. Yeah, right. right. So, no, I think Matt's winning this one. Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks. Who's winning this one? Young Bucks are winning, and I, I would even do a plus one that they're going to do a beat down or something afterwards. And we're going to see something mean. I agree. see a little extra, a little extra oomph in this one. I agree. I think there's going to be some, some meanness from the Bucks here. Um, Kenny comes out they, and just I, beats down Marco ringside I or something. I see a world where they could lose and get frustrated and beat up Jurassic Express. Yeah. I see that world, but I think it's more likely that they win. Yeah. Dark Order, Brody Lee, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and Colt Cabana versus the team of Scorpio Sky, Matt Cardona, and the Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes and, uh, and QT Marshall. Who do you have one in this one? Dark Order. Same. Absolutely. Their reign of dominance needs to continue. Yes. I think they lose in the pre-show, but then it's Brody. Brody's in this match. I'm He's interested to see what they do with this is the first like real match and pay-per-view, frankly, that we're going to see of Zack Ryder, of Matt Cardona. Yes. I'm anxious to see what happens here. One um, of the natural nightmares is eating this pen. Yeah, and I have, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Here's the thing. Colt's in this match. Yeah. Colt doesn't lose. The whole point of his angle is that he's in matches that they win as dark, with Dark Order. It's the way that he that Brody's keeping him around. So I would actually suspect that Brody gives the pin to Colt. Or this could be the time that it starts to unravel. I just think that if they did that, it would be too soon and too close to Brody's big title win. Agreed. Save it. Save it. Save that. Longer booking. Longer storyline. Have Colt win here. Uh, two big wins back-to-back -back for Brody Lee and Dark Order. Establish it. You know, no, don't don't just give it a double tap, right? So I, I think Dark Order needs to win here, should win here, and Colt should pin either Dustin or QT. So I, I agree. I Colt pins QT. I'll, I'll, there you I'm go. Easily calling that one. Shida Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa. The women's championship apparently is on the line. Nick, who do you have winning this one? This is a tough one. Champion versus champion. Coin flip. I've you know it's. I'm I'm favoring Sheeta hometown advantage in a way, uh, but I also don't want an NWA champion coming in that's previously undefeated. Right. Um, and I also don't think an NWA champion should come in and take their AEW title. So right. I'm I'm picking Sheeta for those reasons. I think the match is going to be brilliant. I think it might stand up. It might could it could be one of the sleeper matches of the night tonight. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It could be a really good technical match. I think it will definitely open up a lot of eyes. All, I also think neither of these women can lose. Like, this is a tough yeah. one, but one of them's going to. And it's going to be bizarre if Thunder does come in and win the AEW championship. 
as a way to maybe have her on TV. Maybe NWA stipulated that, and then kind of like with Cody and Nick Aldis, mm. uh, Sheeta wins it back at the next pay-per-view. You know what I mean? As a way to get Thunder out there, keep the NWA being promoted, because if you think about it, that's a promotional tactic uh, to have Rosa come in, win the title, and then stick around for a few months while NWA is getting its, its ish back together, because it's a mess right now. Yeah. Andy threw 100 bits in and says he's got Nick Aldis to show up and win, uh, the. I'm assuming the <laughs> Battle Royal, uh, to start an NWA invasion alongside Thunder Rosa. I like the sound. That'd be really cool. You know what? Put I'm that in my that. eye holes for I'm God's sake. I'm not mad sakes. at that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Although Jesus. Mike Bennett would then have to come as well because I want to see Bennett versus Aldis. Oh. They're, they're, they're building that right now. Uh, so, yeah, pick, picking Sheeta. Sticking with Sheeta here. I kind of just talked myself into picking Thunder Rosa. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, I, and I'm not mad at it. I wouldn't yeah. be mad if she did You know what? Honestly. It's a coin flip. I'll take Rosa just because I think it would be interesting if she won what they, where they would go from there. Yeah. Kenny Omega versus – excuse me. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus FTR, although kind of end up probably end up Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page as well. Right. Uh, who do you have winning this one, sir? Is it uh, time? I, Are we finally getting these titles off of Omega and Page? Absolutely. FTR's yeah. taking these. Totally. Totally. Because totally, it's, it's, the totally story agree. is time. It's, it's, it's like ripe. You said earlier, it's ripe. It's, it's ready, ripe. For, ready for it's like, a, it's like an avocado. You've got about three hours and 20 minutes of it being ripe before it goes bad. Right. So it, it, you've got to, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> don't live in California. That's an avocado joke. Yeah. It's so true. Those things are ripe for like no time. They're hard as a rock. And then they're ripe for like the blink of a fairy's eye, and then it's usually it t- the amount of time it takes you to get it home, and then the next day you actually want to eat it, and it's done already. You're, yep, you're, it's already uh, brown. Right. That's why they only sell them for ninety nine cents in California. That's right. And they're five dollars out here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I also I also think FDR. By the way, hundred yeah. percent. It's time. It's time to get the titles off of Omega and Page. Uh, and FDR will be great champs. Oh, they'll be so Give good. Them- Get, they've got Tully Blanchard. They got all this. I hate to say it, momentum, and they've also got uh, that the the gimmick that they have, where they're trying to change tag team wrestling. If they're the champs, they have the agency to say that and do that. You can't challenge us unless you're a legit tag team. You know the rules, and you abide by the rules, even though we break them all the time. That's part of their gimmick. Absolutely love it. Can't wait for FTR to be champs. They are the Chris, water in the concrete of. Of Page and, and Omega as well. I can't wait to see what happens when they take the titles off of them because mm. I think that's going to go nuclear. That's and I I can't wait for Kenny to be solo. I can't wait for Hangman to be solo Ooh, again. So yes, yes, lots that they can do there, uh, especially if Moxley retains and MJF doesn't take the title, and then you've got heel Kenny. Anyway, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in the Mimosa Mayhem match. Who gets the third? Who gets the rubber? Who's getting uh, Who's getting this match there, Nick? I'm saying Orange Cassidy puts Jericho into the mimosa. Mmm. Mmm. That's that would be the that would be the good old hand thing to do. Not eat a pin, not eat a submission, but like get thrown into the mimosa. It's a way to protect himself. He didn't eat a pin, but Orange Cassidy still wins, and he can complain that Orange cheated for the rest of time. Right, but we he all never know really that. got that win over me. That wasn't a real match. That yeah, wasn't yeah, a real yeah. match, exactly. And Jericho still wins because he created the damn match. Right. So I, I, there's a part of me that thinks that Jericho might do it just because Jericho still wants to go over at this point in his career, and it wouldn't be a real loss for Orange Cassidy either. But I think it would be a mistake 
to have Jericho win this. I agree. I really do. That's if really the basis the, I'm coming from, too. All of the work they've done with Orange Cassidy to build him up would go out the window if Jericho beats him in the rubber and then leaves him, you know, like, ah, I beat that kid. Okay, moving on. Right? So I agree. Orange Cassidy should win here. Uh, and I'm going to, and yeah, I'm going to pick Orange Cassidy as well because I, I do not want Jericho to win this. No. Moxley versus MJF. Here we go. The big one, AEW Heavyweight Championship match. Who's winning? Who's winning is MJF. However, oh, there it is. He's winning by disqualification because John Moxley is going to use a paradigm shift anyway and champions uh, advantage and he retains the title. Mm-hmm. Neither of them lose. I don't think Moxley's that dumb. I don't think that would be that would if we'd all complain about that. If Moxley uses the paradigm shift, we'd all be sitting there going like, what kind of idiot is Moxley that he knows is one thing he can't do. He's already shown us in match after match. He didn't use the paradigm shift to beat Brody Lee. He didn't be, be, use the paradigm shift to beat uh, Brian Cage. He's shown us he doesn't need it. Why would he suddenly use it here? It would make him look like a complete idiot if he uses the paradigm shift. A complete idiot. Uh, I also I say Moxley retains the title. So um, are we doing who wins or who retains? Where is the title after this match? Is so, it, it does MJF I'm say Moxley still has the title. At okay, the end you're of the saying night. Mox retains as well. Mo- yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, but I, I think I, in the win loss, I think MJF will some or it's some kind of I don't know. Uh, Mox retains. Mox retains. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that especially with the way that that MJF stood tall in this last episode, I would be I would be very surprised if he did win. I would actually be fine if he did. Let's be clear. I think that there's a lot that they can do with MJF champ. Oh, I think he should be the next champion. Just I want this to run longer because I'm loving it. Yeah, I don't know if it's time for him to be champ yet. I'd be fine with it. I'd be curious where they wanted to go with it. I just don't think it's time yet. Personally, if I was, if I had the book, I'd be like MJF, not now, not now, kid. Just the first well, shot. Just there'll be more. Than, you're yeah. you're almost there. Like Scorpio Sky. You get a shot, but there'll be more shots later. You're young. You're so close. You're so close. Andy threw so, in another 100 bit said, I oh. thought Mox would lose the title if he puts in the finisher. That was my understanding. Uh, I, I don't believe know if you, so. I uh, believe so. Maybe. Okay, so if that's the case, yeah, I'm still picking Moxley to retain. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom, bottom line is Moxley's retaining. That's, that's both of our picks. I don't think this will be a clean finish in any way, especially with Wardlow around there. You've got the ring. No. I mean, it's, it's going to be ugly. No, and and to be clear, like I'm I'm picking because I'm picking Moxley to win because I want this feud to continue for longer, and maybe you know later on I would think it would be a more appropriate time for MJF to pick it up. I just don't think that time is now. As much as I think the Moxley reign has been a little bit subpar, I do want it to continue because I want this MJF feud to continue because they have a good foil for him. It yes. would be too soon at this pay per view, so Agreed. that's that's why I think Moxley's retaining. Yeah. So Nick, that's a, those are our pickums that that's coming up in just three hours or four hours here. It's coming up real quick, so we better get going on the rest of the show, which means we need to head over and discuss NXT. Okay, deep breath, buddy. Deep breath. We had for the first time, I think, in WWE history. The combination of a fatal four-way stipulation and an Iron Man match stipulation, meaning whoever got the most pinfalls in a sixty-minute time frame wins. Yes. Holt, was this the first time in WWE history that this has ever been this way? I believe everything I've looked up points. I have me in that not direction. found any other 
uh, four-way Ironman match in WWE history. I have counter opinions on this, and I want to be real quick about this because we got a lot of show to get through, and we got to get yeah. them all out. The quick version, the TLDR version is, I'm conflicted on this because I absolutely love this kind of big stage match. I don't think it should have been done on a regular weekly TV show, even though you've pulled a quick one and moved it to Tuesday and called it Super yeah, Tuesday. It wasn't and too regular. Yeah. It's, it's a little, and at the same time, I feel like these four guys have mostly been in downward trends or losing opportunities too recently for this to have the kind of weight that yeah. it needed to have. I hope Champa's, I'm saying Champa, that clearly. Champa's been out. Johnny has been losing a lot. He's won, he's, he's won a couple. Champa got Cross, right? Yeah, well, that's one thing. Champa got crushed by Karrion Cross, then left for a while, came back a heel. and had one dominant match. Right. Johnny Gargano has had some wins and some losses, but he hasn't exactly been on a winning streak. Adam Cole just beat a, a ex-football player, but lost his title you know, to, to Keith Lee. Uh, and Finn Balor has just been kind of there. You know, like he is so diminished from when he came back to w, from to NXT. You know, he was huge, and now he's just kind of another dude. Yeah, a little, I mean, a little more prestige maybe, but he's he doesn't feel as big as he once did. Is the point? The match itself was amazing. Like the work that these four guys you did. You knew it would be. You knew it would be really seconds, good. Incredible. But this the is way the problem. It, yeah, that, I just I wanted to I wanted this to feel bigger than it did, and I felt right. so let down. It did not feel monumental. No. And for an hour's worth of wrestling, that's a lot to ask. And these guys worked their asses off. I do not want to take away anything from how hard it must have been to work this match, to be in this match, to keep up that work rate. Like, this must have been grueling because most of the time in Ironman matches, there's a lot of dead spots and a lot of selling and a lot of headlocks just to get through the time. These guys were working their butts off. Very yeah. little downtime. Um, ultimately, as you said, Nick, down to the last minute. And here's the problem with Ironman matches is you know it's going 60 minutes. So the first, like, 15, 20 minutes, you're just settling in and like, all right, let's go. Yeah, it's nothing, Nothing's going to happen to the last little bit. And until that last minute, nothing's really happening. You could watch the last three minutes of this match and probably be just fine. You know what I mean? You'd miss a lot of really good work. But if you just wanted to get the idea of what happened, they're all going into the last minute of this match tied at one, one pinfall each. Everyone's been pinned. And the final sequence comes down to Tommaso Ciampa doing an air raid crash on Gargano off the top rope. He goes for the pin, but gets um, then he gets a coup de grace from Finn Balor. Finn Balor picks up the pinfall and eats a last, uh, last shot from Adam Cole right as he does. Adam Cole gets the pinfall, and we end 2-2 tied Adam Cole, Finn Balor with Gargano and Ciampa at one. So we end this after an hour. After a goddamn hour <laughs> of watching this, we end in a tie? Yeah. Now, I'm not, I don't, again, I don't want to disparage the work that went into this match. But I'll be goddamned if, if you're going to do that to me and not have a sudden death overtime between these two guys. You're going to wait for a week? Right you're going to do a cliffhanger? A cliffhanger for a week? It pissed me off, Nick. I was done with NXT. And I, was, I, just, I threw papers. I was, oh, I come was, on! I, I was upset. I'll admit. And I, I, I want to temper that by saying it was, I was entertained the whole time. It was a good match. It was long. 
<laughs> it was very long as Iron Man matches are. It's why they're one of my least favorite matches. I like long matches, but I like long matches where I feel like a pinfall and a victory could come at any time. Now, I right. got excited right at the end because Adam Cole was actually having difficulty rolling Finn Balor over for the pin right. uh, before Drake could get down there. I think it was Drake could get down it there. It was some count. drama. It was some drama with the and I was like, Alaska. Oh, God, he's going to miss it by a second. And I right. think that would have been amazing if he, wasn't, if he wasn't able to get the three count in before the time expired. That would have right. been amazing. And Finn Balor's the new champ and great first two time now we he's two timer we can go back to chasing finn balor print the prince all over again sure and i was like wait tie and, and you're not just gonna run it until there's somebody has cut out another five minute segment of nxt and do a five minute nothing but finishing sequences sudden death overtime on this and satisfy us making us come like have to wait till next week like to see who wins finn or adam cole is cruel Will it I is. show up for it? Yes, it's and, and they're I all totally fresh. No, like but. it's not even like they've had they've got an hour that they've worn down during this match. That you're, but then what you're do you do with fresh Finn guys and Cole? Right, exactly. Where now all of a sudden we've got these two guys, and we've got to watch another half an hour match. <laughs> like you can't have that match be over in five minutes between Cole and Finn. That's a that's a pay per view main event. That's a that's a take that's a major takeover main event. We even got the throwback two suite in the middle of the ring. I know. Build that. Why are you go? You could have had you're Finn too, win here and have Adam Cole chase training. him in the two suite story. Like guys, so you many missed still, opportunities. They could still do it next week and have Finn Balor win, which I think they might just do. And this might be a way to protect the two guys, but I don't know. It was oh. it was. Uh, for everyone who says, I felt fine with this, I don't mind waiting till next week, it was a good finish, okay, cool. I, I I get it, and I'm happy for people that saw the end of this and were like, ooh, cool, can't wait for next week. I was sitting there going, god damn it, I just gave you an hour, and I don't have a clean finish. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> it feels intentionally drawn out for some reason. Yes. There's rumors going around we might be permanently moving NXT to Tuesdays. I think that got squashed. Yeah, okay. I, I did. Well, no, the rumor didn't get squashed, but the idea got squashed by Vince. Vince never backs down from a fight, Nick. Yeah, good point. Even if it's even if it hurts everybody involved, Vince wants to just keep. Mm, I'm gonna win. This is what I want. Oh, damn it! I'm a winner. So okay, next week Cole versus Finn. Who should win? Finn Balor of those two. Hundred percent Finn. Finn Balor. Okay. So he just carrying cross comes back in six months and beats him. Sure. <laughs> okay. If he doesn't go straight to the main roster, which I'm sitting here looking at the clock, going, mm, could he line that up by the time we get to the end of January for Rumble? Four or five months. Hmm. Well, you think carrying cross is going to go to the main roster? Like he was NXT champ for a day. He's going to the main roster now. <laughs> He's got the rain on his. I don't know, man. And I listen. I, I don't typically invoke other people's shows on here, and I'll leave names out of it. But there was another another show that I listened to earlier this week, and he had some really good points about how NXT as a brand has done a terrible job of building stars. And I hadn't really thought about huh. it in the bigger meta sense like that. But you've now gotten to the point where. Karrion Cross is injured. You've spent most of the summer building him up. Keith Lee has had an amazing year, even under the circumstances of 2020. He's gone now. So the best that you can do is take four former champs 
who have had kind of nothing to do most of the year and and have been losing stuff and they're the top of your brand now it doesn't it's not a good look for for NXT as a whole I would argue a year or two ago NXT had some genuine stars Absolutely It's a little bit stagnant right now I don't think NXT is quote bad at building stars I just think right now they're in a transitional phase they built Keith Lee up to be a huge freaking star don't tell me they can't build stars Yeah in a month <laughs> well, longer than that, but yes, Nick. I know. I know. Yeah, they even really, he was really stagnant for a long time, holding the North American Championship was, and fighting Dijak three hundred. Like times. the last year, like the last year, though, he's been really on a steady rise. Like NXT yeah. Portland was a huge moment for him, and just it's been a steady rise. They definitely need to do more work on building more stars, and I think that they are. We're going to talk about a few. Actually, I think that they're they have on the right track to be stars. But yes, the top of their card right now is full of ex-stars who are trying new things to varying degrees of success, they've got, to, they've got to put their flag on one or two top people. You know what I mean? Right now, they're doing a whole lot of slow down and build, like with Rhea Ripley, who was a star, yeah. and they slowed her down. They pulled her back a little bit because she's going to be too big of a star, and they weren't ready to really shoot her to the moon. Yeah. That's part of the thing with NXT. It, it, it is still, as much as it's a, quote, third brand, it's still developmental. And you can't build up someone too big or people are like, get them on the main roster. Vince goes, who's that guy? Grabs them. And if they're not ready to go be a, be a huge rocket ship to the moon, they're going to end up like every other NXT call-up who just yep. fizzles out. If the main roster doesn't want to get behind them, they're toast. Let so. me catch up real quick. Andy threw 100 bits in, said this match wasn't takeover worthy. It was WrestleMania main event caliber. Plus, shout out to Vacant for his first ever successful title match. Yeah. Man, yeah, well, point. Good point. He, th- he vacant did retain. If vacant did retain, I think he's retained before, <laughs> but same time, never, never, he's never retained in a, uh, a four-person right. Iron Man match before. Right. That's a stat we can absolutely rest our hats on. No one has, not even vacant. <laughs> vacant, Kyle, the first ever, the first ever winner of a of a of a four-person Iron Man match. Vacant, vacant. Yeah, that's that's a, that's, a, that's <laughs> in the history books. Kyle threw 100 bits in, said, I knew the tie was coming, but I absolutely loved this match. I was white-knuckling it, knowing a tie was coming for the last 10 minutes. How? Balor and Champa MVPs as human tornadoes in this match. Yeah, that I agree yeah. with completely. Yeah. Those guys so, have the cardio of just all four I'm of still, them, frankly. I'm still out of breath from this match. Yeah. I, yeah. you know. <laughs> all of my, oh, God, no. Just all of just that. Just watching, the, the, watching these absolute machines out there. Even Roderick Strong is in the back getting gassed watching these dudes. It was right. insane. insane. Kyle threw another 100 bits and said, personally, no issues with the tie and cliffhanger because traditional sudden death doesn't really work in the Fatal 4-Way setting, so you have to reset. View next week as PKs for the Fatal 4-Way. Maybe it's because I'm a baseball fan and an hour doesn't seem like a lot to me. <laughs> fair fair dudes. <laughs> and at least this was an hour of action as opposed to an hour of people standing around looking right. bored. Chewing bubble gum. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's talk about what else happened on NXT because that wasn't the only thing. We had some Indeed. other really good stuff happen here. No, and let's and you know, talking about building stars, I, I mean, freaking uh, Santos Escobar. He's a guy who's an up. I would say he's an up and coming star. He comes out. He looks like a damn star. Yep. That's the cruiserweight champion. We had Legado de Fantasma uh, open up the show in a street fight against Brizango and Swerve Scott. Um. And we even had Imperium come out at one point to help Legado de Fantasma fight off. Uh, yeah, Brizango tornado tag rules. Yeah, right. 
So this was an absolute madhouse. Just all kinds of uh, street fight, all kinds of implements, trash cans, kendo sticks, you name it. Forklift. Oh, yeah. We had a, we had a Lucha Underground shot with uh, Swerve Scott coming flying off. Oh, sorry, it was Breezango. Oh, sorry, it was Fandango coming off. Fandango and, 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 uh, Fandango and, Kill and Swerve. Yeah. Uh, I got a quick shot named Kill Shot. Sorry. <laughs> Fandango and Swerve Scott coming off the top of the forklift onto everyone else in the ring. Huge crossbodies, which was an awesome, awesome visual. Nick, this was a great chaotic street fight. It's kind of what you'd expect. But were there just too many spots that felt too choreographed? The whole thing my did. question. Okay. The whole thing felt very choreographed. And I, and I, I think a lot of Breezango matches come across that way sometimes. Do you think for, it's Breezango matches in, in specifically? For the stunt, for the spots. You know, huh. it's a lot, of their, a lot of their gimmick is doing those, you know, whether it's the Mountie Falls or whether it's, you know, uh, them doing things in tandem together. I see what you're saying. I see what yeah, you're saying. It, it just, it kind of has that feeling on me. And it's like, oh, uh, and it's, it's We've got popcorn some moments. fodder. It's entertaining, yeah. you know? We've got some moments we want to get in, but they don't think about how to get there organically. They just yeah. throw them in there. Yeah. I, I think it's something that actually is just a matter of these, like whether it's, uh, Candice LeRae and Mia Yim in a street fight or whether it's the ladder match at the last takeover. These kinds of matches, the, you, they're in the back. You're, you're brainstorming all these big spots you want to have. You, you're, you're thinking about all the cool shit you want to do, right? Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? You have them all lined up. We had to get it from point A, point B, you know. And there's very little thought in how we get from point A to point B. It's okay, you sell this for about two minutes and then just run off to the side and grab this implement and come back. There's no thought about the logic of it. You had Legado de Fantasma literally standing shoulder to shoulder in the ring, holding each other up and selling for about 45 seconds while Tyler Breeze was outside getting a, a, a fire extinguisher and like kissing it and be like, cool, look, I have a fire extinguisher. Everybody's showing. Okay, we see I have a fire extinguisher. Legado de Fantasma, the three guys are just standing in there for no reason. Very obvious. I mean, maybe it was the camera angle too that, was, that they had, you know, was a bad call. But if you were the audience there, it would look terrible too. They're in there just waiting to get, get sprayed with yep. this fire extinguisher. And it was, it was just a bad look. Kyle, um, had, Kyle had another fun take. Threw 100 bits in. Get this. Thank you, dude. Two male strippers and their DJ beat up cartel members and ring Nazis. It sounds like a bar joke. This was an AEW hardcore match in all the right ways. And God dang it, Breezango win me over wanting to see these groups in war games. AEW hardcore match. NXT, you mean? We, or it was like an AEW hardcore like match. Like an AEW hardcore match. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get what you're what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it felt like okay, step one, step two, step three, and ball go. Oh, we're gonna have the big surprise. They're all they're on a forklift. And it's funny because he brings up AEW and and they have done like the really big gimmick matches over there, and it also feels feels arbitrary over there. Yeah, as the well. The Kenny so Omega Moxley death match just felt okay. We hit that thing. Now let's move on. Let's to the go next over thing. this thing. And yeah. it is it is it is something that with these matches it's really hard to not have it feel that way where like all of a sudden you're surprised that something happens. Right. You know, Janela actually Janela and Omega had a match that was very surprising. Stuff would come out and it felt like these guys were just trying to beat each other up, but it felt like true unbridled chaos and no one knew what was coming next. Yeah. Um, this didn't feel that way. This felt chaotic, but it felt very much point one, point A, point B, point C, point D. Yeah. But ultimately, point E was Breezango retaining Swerve Scott, uh, or Breezango not retaining. They, they are the tag champs. They didn't retain. They did win, though, along with Swerve Scott, who pinned Santos Escobar right in the middle of the ring. And by the way, go back and check out Santos Escobar's face as he's about to take that, uh, that driver from, from Swerve Scott. It is 
a thing of beauty. That's what they talk about when they talk about facials and wrestling. It's him up there just going, oh, shit, and just boom before he gets hit. One, two, three. He knows. He knows he's, he's toast. It's great. It's a great moment. Um, and it just it reestablishes Swerve can beat him. The question now is, does this continue? I can't imagine that it doesn't. Oh, I feel like this whole thing was a setup for the next cruiserweight bout, which we're going to have. Games. War games. Yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, this feels like a setup for war games. This is too many, too much stuff going on. It's a little too early, but uh, no! we got like three they months. Think they can run it. <laughs> yeah. I think they can run it till then. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of stars, I think they're building Bronson Reed. New Bronson Reed. Too. Before I even watched this show, someone on Twitter said Bronson Reed now. Ha- I think it was Alvarez actually said Bronson Reed now has the greatest Tron in WWE or wrestling. And I was like, oh, that's a big statement. And then I saw his entrance, and I'm like, that's a pretty goddamn good Tron. Yeah. It's him in, like, almost like a wireframe form. Or like, you ever use, like, uh, glowing edges in Photoshop? Yes. It looks like that, only animated. And it's him, all these, like, uh, all these animated buildings going by. So it looks like he's just, like, monstering kaiju through the city. Right? Helicopters flying by. Uh, and his new gimmick name is the Colossal. The Colossal Bronson Reed. Brilliant. Um, great looking Tron and his entrance they've refined even more now like this, him stomping the ring step and the sh- camera shaking when he does it is, is like it's a codified thing so they have absolutely put the straps on Bronson Reed here they, have, they are giving him the total package the entrance the, the, all the love and they gave him a match with Timothy Thatcher who sold like a son of a bitch for Bronson Reed in this match Timothy yeah. Thatcher who they have also built as being an absolute beast, sold like crazy for Bronson Reed in this. And much so, like the, the, what I was saying about the Fatal 4-Way Iron Man match, this felt off a little bit too because they've been building these two guys with program. Much like that one felt like it was those guys haven't had much to do, but they had that kind of match. These two guys going against each other I felt like was questionable at best about one of them having to take an L because they've been working on both of them. But it felt it was the right decision, man. You've got Austin Theory, who we've established is has some beef with Bronson Reed. Bronson slapped him last week. So this week, Austin Theory came in, inter- interfered with the finish of this match, cost Bronson the match. Timothy Thatcher gets the win. You know, it makes Bronson look good because Timothy Thatcher's selling for the first half of this match. And, like, he's got, he's got his arm working a little bit. Like, Thatcher's getting his, his stuff in. But ultimately, he only wins, really, because Bronson got taken out by Austin Theory. It protects yeah. Bronson. Thatcher gets the win, and we've also now we're hearing that Thatcher is going to be going towards Damian Priest in North American Championship. So he's going into that strong after this win, even though it was kind of a fluke victory. Yeah. So no, that armbar looks vicious. Oh god, right, it's Timothy Thatcher. That's that his thing. gimmick. Yeah. Um, him versus Damian Priest is going to be great. I don't know if he should be Priest's first opponent, but I'm not mad at it. No. You know what I mean? It means he's probably got to lose the feud, but I don't care. It's going to be a damn good feud. Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory will be a great feud. So I thought this hit this ticked all the boxes to me. Yeah. You, you I think just on the card itself, if you told me Bronson Reed versus Timothy Thatcher, like, why? I would have been like, hell yeah, give it to me. And I, when I saw it was Thatcher coming out against Reed, I was like, damn, all right, cool. And the first thing I thought was they're not going to be able to have a straight finish on this one uh, exactly. because of exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. So, no, you got two, two possible potential stars there. Again, it's just, as they were saying, can they build them up to be big stars? Yeah. We'll uh, but I, 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 they've got all the tools. We will see. Yeah. Finally, Candice LeRae had a match against Casey Catanzaro. 
Uh, and this was Candace showing off that she's still really mean. She's a meanie. But at the end, she did grab a mic and say, Oh, Tegan, I saw you said you wanted to be friends again. Let's, let's get together at my house. I'll cook you dinner. We'll try and, we'll try and mend fences. Which sounds like a setup to me, Nick. That sounds like a big old setup. Yeah. Didn't uh, we just do this with Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox? Yeah, it's, called, it's like they pivoted a little bit. Dakota went to the main title picture, and now it's Candace who was the best friend. Oh, okay, all right, fine. I think, I think those two will work really well together. Candace is a little bit more tenured than Tegan is, but I think that they will show us some really, really good matches on the women's mid-card. And this was just a match to establish that, yes, Candace is still vicious. She's still mean. Sweet little Casey Catanzaro is a great baby face to give to mean heels and have them beat up because she sells really well. She has a really good move set. I think she looks like she could be plucky. Um, so I thought, yeah, all, again, this I thought was set up perfectly all around. Yeah, I agree. I have no real complaints about this other than it feels like a rinse repeat of the Dakota Kai thing. But I'm, I'm willing to and see where it goes. Yeah, and it's, it's a setup for the whole Tegan Candace thing, which I think will be good. I do yeah, think I do that will be a good program. Let's get I there really sooner do. than later. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Let's, I think we'll get it next week. You know, Candace LeRae has Tegan over for dinner and, you know, puts her pet rabbit in the pie or something. I don't know. We'll see. What? Well, that's fatal attraction. Or, I, you know, I know, also but I mean, boss, just... boss man Al Snow, but hey. <laughs> just saying. It's always time to bring back the kibble. I'm just saying. Well, there you go, guys. That's it for NXT. Uh, lots to say about that, but we've got a uh, whole oh boy. We got some stuff to talk about over on Friday Night Smackdown. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is your new universal champion. And he's got Paul Heyman with him. And they came out at the top of the show. Oh, boy. Nick, I have not been so excited to see Roman Reigns come out and say something since he came back from leukemia. And before that, I can't tell you the last time. I don't know that I've ever been excited for a Roman Reigns promo. I wanted to know what the hell was happening here. Uh, I will say that I was, you have my attention immediately mm. afterwards. Well, that's, and that's exactly what I was going to get to is not only, not only did, uh, did this start with me, ha- with them having my attention, they ended this with them really having my attention, which when it comes to Roman Reigns, I can only put in the win column. Yep. If you can have that man come out and afterwards I am fascinated to see what he does next, you have won. Yep. You have done the right thing. And it galls me to say that because for years we've said, Vince, stop, let it go. Uh, nope. Here we go. That being said, a lot of us have said, turn him, turn him heel. Don't have him say thuffer and thuckatash and trying to be all like cool for the kids and stuff. Have him come out, be a be a badass with a few words and kick people's asses and leave. That's literally his gimmick now. Ditch the Only. vest, giant and jacked, she looks the part. Huge. I don't want to see wet hair dangling around everywhere anymore. Like tied up tight. You look, it has got an evil look to it. I just, I, I love the yep. vicious look. All he needs is a suit, right Nick. All he needs is a suit, and you're not set. even that. Just, I, I'm happy I'm saying, that the tack vest is gone. That's what I'm like, saying. Finally. If you, if he came out in a suit, you'd lose your mind. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> if, that, if that guy comes out in a three-piece suit, if, I'm, if, I'm, if Roman Reigns oh, turns into Dick Heel in a suit, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nick's nips are hard. It's a, we're there. Fadunk. 
Again, something I never thought I would say right. about Roman Reigns. Here we are. But again, and, and and also Paul Heyman, his promos are reinvigorated. They're not just standard Brock promos anymore. He came out and gave a, a promo that I can only describe as chilling. Yes. Chilling. I he, Heyman back there saying... Everyone thinks I'm corrupting Roman Reigns. I didn't corrupt Roman Reigns. He asked me. He came to me. I was gone. I was out. And this guy drew me back in because he's right. He is a guy who deserves to be champion. He's what, you know, he felt disrespected by the company. I was disrespected by the company. I love the little, like, tweaks of the fourth wall that Paul always likes to do, like little half shoots he threw in there. Uh, he was, you know, he goes, well, Rowan Reigns was to come and show the company that they're making a mistake. You can't have a fiend as your champion. You can't have a monster as your champion. So what are you going to do? Send him on a Today Show? No. Right. You got to have a guy like Roman Reigns who can go out there and be presentable. Just great twisting of history. Just a great, like, new look at Roman and what he wants and what the company wants and just everything. Like that insidious way that Paul Heyman can burrow into your mind with his words. And then he does, and, and it was also his presentation, the way, just, you know, that kind of sinister way that he talks, and then he's slowly moving behind Roman Reigns. Mm. So that soon it's just these two little creepy buggy eyes looking over Roman's shoulder, right? And he's just like, that's right, it's Roman Reigns. And finally Roman does take the mic and say, basically, yeah, I'm just going to come in, wreck everyone, and, and leave because I'm the guy that deserves to show up and win. Yeah. That's what I do. That's what I'm going to do. And that's that. And Paul Heyman's just kind of standing behind him, very serious. This whole thing gave me chills. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Mm. It, was, uh, it was out of the park in terms of the new presentation of the new Roman Reigns. I, I'm over here Googling Roman Reigns' suit. Challenge you, <laughs> challenge you all to go look for those pictures. They're fantastic. Tony Storm, Anna J, Roman Reigns in a suit. That's what gets Nick going. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So uh, absolutely, of- this thing was was fantastic. I I loved all the little moments that you laid out with with, with Paul. I think that was key. I think Paul, yes. I think Paul putting Roman over as the one that came to get Paul was huge. This wasn't something Paul, who is a the known dynamic. promoter for decades, searching out new talent. This was a Roman going to him and saying, I, I know what idea. you bring. I know what you bring. Yeah. Let's join forces. Right. So that establishes Roman extra being heelish. Yeah. Roman did this. Yeah. Wasn't Paul put all that heat on Roman. And so many little details like that were fantastic, including a couple other details I want to get to, but we've got to set up the rest of the show to make that make more sense. Let me throw one in real quick. Kyle threw 100 bits in and said, Roman Reigns, yes. it's Brock Lesnar, but he actually shows up to work. This is how you have a dragon heel on a show without killing the energy of your entire show, him actually being there. Couldn't agree more. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I think that Brock brings more legitimacy still. I think that Brock brings more mainstream attention still, and that's why they still will go for Brock if they have the option. In terms of watching the show... This is going to be so much better for us. Yes. This is just such a better option for stories and everything else. You know. But it didn't stop there. It got more interesting. It got more interesting because we knew we were going to have a fatal four-way to become number one contender for Roman's championship at Clash of Champions. Not Survivor Series. I'm sorry, Troy. I, just, I was thinking about Survivor Series. Clash of Champions. 
is when we're having the next pay-per-view. Uh, 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 and we had a fatal four-way. Big E, Sheamus, Matt Riddle, King Corbin. On paper, you sit there and go, okay, Roman's a heel, so either Big E or Matt Riddle. I thought Seems it was going like to be Big would, E's moment. Well, it seemed like it would be too soon for Matt Riddle to get a championship shot and lose. It also seemed like it'd be too early for Big E, Roman Reigns, because if they play their cards right with Big E, Big E versus Roman Reigns is your WrestleMania main event. That, that very well could be. I, Straight I, up. As much as I'm on, on Keith stop. Lee uh, winning the Rumble, I could absolutely see Big E winning the Royal Rumble. Keith Lee's on Raw. Yeah. He, and if, unless they shuffle things around entirely, unless they can. We're having the draft. So. We are, that's what I'm saying. Unless the draft shuffles things around entirely, I can't see them changing that dynamic. Yeah. Big E could be WrestleMania main event with Roman Reigns. Full stop. If they, if they want it to. If they don't want to leave money on the table like they've done so many times. Like they've done so many times when they don't recognize what they have. When they don't recognize the hand that they have in their hand and they lay it down on the table. If they want to, they could have Big E versus Roman Reigns main event WrestleMania and build that up and it would be huge. And... They did the right thing here because they took Big E out of the equation. It was yep. the one thing I was sitting there going like, really, Big E, already? And they took him out of the equation because as he was backstage preparing to celebrate Xavier Woods' birthday, which it actually was yesterday, uh, happy birthday, Xavier. He got uh, told by security guard Xavier was there. He grabbed his cake, went off into the, into the parking garage, and got attacked by Seamus, who beat him down and put him through a car window with a white noise. It looked vicious. It looked brutal. Sheamus had a great excuse for it. He was like, I was just defending myself. Biggie came around that corner so quickly. It's like an involuntary reaction, you know? No, just, what would you do? I just I involuntarily white-noised him through the windshield of a car. I had to defend myself, Kayla. <laughs> so I'm coming around the corner. I did what any man would. Put him right through the window of a car. I mean, he's got a point. No, yeah, he, he does. He does. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, <laughs> Only in heel logic. Fine. So Seamus takes out Big E. Great. Big E's got to go to the hospital. It's tragic. It makes Seamus even more of a dick. But we have a hole to fill. Pause. We've got a slot to fill in this match. Pause. And <laughs> now you're stretching. Right. And Roman had had a nice little interaction after his, his, his speech with Paul with his cousin Jay, who was like, hey, man, I've been hitting you up. Like, you don't hit me back. Like, good to see you back. And Roman's like, yeah, man. Yeah, good. Mm, good to see you, too. Um, yeah, cool. I'm going to go. Just hit me up. And Jay's like, yeah, we'll get a steak after or something, I guess. And, nah. All right, then. <laughs> nah, all right. I'll just go hit up Otis. I know he's always down for steak. Right. Uh, later on in the show, though, we see Paul Heyman talking to Adam Pierce. Pulls him aside out of an interview. And uh, ultimately, it turns out Jay Uso gets inserted into that fatal four-way. And long story short, he wins it. He wins that. When Matt Riddle gets caught trying to take out both Corbin and Sheamus at the same time, eats a frog splash, one, two, three, Jay pins Matt Riddle, which I thought was an interesting combination yeah. right there. But Jay does win, and we end the show with Jay going, that's right, cuz, we coming, Uso Penitentiary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they set this up, Nick. They set this up, and I knew it was going to be Jay Uso in this the second they took out Big E. Because of that setup backstage with him talking to, to Roman and the fact that Paul Heyman called Roman the tribal leader in his speech. And because Roman, in his speech on the mic, said, this is my island, not yard. It's his island now. Which Tamatonga is going to sue him for. But it's neither here right. nor there. The bottom line is, as Roman said, this is my 
island. Their reference, and Paul, as you know, loves to reference Samoan heritage. He did it with Samoa Joe, where he tried to make it about Samoans versus Samoans. We know that there's an enormous Samoan presence in WWE historically, um, all the way up to The Rock, like that, to go for the Samoan heritage and make that an angle is a huge angle that, ta- that brings in so much of the history of WWE. And for Paul and Roman to go for that, and for Roman's first major opponent to be a family member, and him to come across as being kind of like this senior member of the family where backstage before the match, he told Jay, go out and win one for yourself for once. Your brother would win this. Challenging Jay. And then it's going to be family lessons at Clash of Champions, I would imagine. That's what a great angle to start on. It makes Roman look like not only is he in some ways kind of betraying the fans and being all about the money, he's also turning on family. Yeah. And it becomes about heritage and family and all that history that exists in WWE. He's also not turning his back on, but he's corrupting that. Yep. That's and, it, and it'll ultimately long-term be a redemption arc to have face Roman Reigns with the exactly. title. Long, exactly. a year plus from now. Right? Probably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? We will all accept it a lot more then because he will have gone through the journey that he never did. So in a lot of ways, I'm loving this concept with Roman. I'm loving the fact that they had Jay win the match. They, they put that all together to have him face someone who's family, who you wouldn't think of in a main event picture, Jay, right? He's not a main eventer. No. But as far as family, the story is concerned, they're putting story in front of selling tickets and, sell, and you know, metaphorically to this pay-per-view. Fantastic. Right? They're, they're putting the story it's first. It's a means to an end. Don't look Absolutely. at it as, oh my God, Jay's going to take the title. No, he's not. And, and that's no, not, not the point. If you're thinking that's the point, it's not. Even though the no. Clash of Champions, it's a weird but pay-per-view it, but to the, do this, but whatever. I don't, it's a pay-per-view. The point is it's going to be a big match, and that's, that's part of the stakes for the story. Yeah. So it's, I, I, any time that WWE prioritizes story over money, I've got, I stand up and applaud. Yep. And this was a great, great example of that. And I hope that they just, they, they stick with this. Yeah. Kyle threw a hundred bits in said, uh, like what did cars ever do to Seamus? First Jeff Hardy, now Big E. I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to compliment that Sildozer, I had to call this out, uh, in the chat said, could someone tell Seamus that the dead rabbits want their outfit back? (laughs) (laughs) I immediately had the captain America meme where it's like, I understood that reference. I understood the reference. Yep. I get it. Fantastic I love it. I, I love I love uh, Irish bar bruiser gangs of New York. Seamus, yep. I'm here for it. Yep. Yeah, it's great. It's it, best he's looked. Better than like weird Viking mohawk dangly beard. Seamus, Dragon Ball Z fusion dance thing, whatever the hell it was. I don't like that. Uh, Will James threw in a hundred bits. Thank you, sir. He said that Broton to Oos splash timing was beautiful. Oh, it yeah. was. You're yeah. dead right. That was some insane timing. That it's was funny because the flying bro, by the way, the floating, bro, floating, bro. floating, floating, floating bro. bro. Thank you, floating bro, which he he totally missed Corbin on. Only got him with his head, but Uso came in so soon after it. That no one cared. They even showed it on replay, and they were proud to show it. And they were like, "Fine, screw it." Yeah, he didn't really hit Corbin, but man, Jay was in there so quick after that. Beautiful timing. They've the gotten match really good over the years, of especially when they would do like the tandem ones where they would both yeah. do the splashes. Yeah, yeah. No, the Usos are definitely underrated as wrestlers. I think yeah. not as a tag team, but as like as as just their performances. You just couldn't get past their old skirts and 
uh, haka dance and all of that stuff. I didn't like them as faces. Once they just were more themselves, yeah. they, they absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So good stuff at the top of the card. The rest of the card, very interesting as well. Uh, interrupting the beginning of that Fatal 4-Way match was a Firefly Funhouse segment. Very quick. Very quick, fast one, because it was interrupting the beginning of the Fatal 4-Way match, but he... Yeah, Matt Riddle's out. in the ring, by the way. I think They're we all should in the do ring. this in order. They literally came back from these two little bits here and went, and the bell just rang immediately. Yeah. Uh, Firefly Funhouse, Bray announces a new, a new character on the show will debut next week. I wonder who that could be. Hmm. No idea. While we're thinking about it, go to Nikki Cross, who's about to watch that Fatal 4-Way backstage, and up comes Alexa Bliss with her, with her little Harley Quinn pigtails back, and, her, and she's got a whole bunch more dreads in her hair, and she's kind of twirling them and like, Hey, hey there, Nikki. Um, sorry for what I did last week. <laughs> I'm feeling so much better. <laughs> Rambling rabbits hanging out in the background of the shot. Boy, I wonder who the extra person could be on Firefly Funhouse. Subtle. Subtlety, right. that name is WWE. Actually, I'd be cool if it wasn't Alexa Bliss, if it was like another character, if it was like a... What if it like, was Nikki Cross? Crazy what if it was Nikki. Braun, what if it was Braun Strowman? Ooh. I'm just saying, like there's, a thought, like, there's a lot of swerves, and this was such an obvious, such an obvious one. They didn't even separate this segment in the show. They, they could have had the Firefly Funhouse way earlier in the show and then had this segment way later, or, or vice versa, this segment way earlier and Firefly Funhouse way later, and it would have been more subtle. Back-to-back, back, these abutted in the show, it was a little bit on the nose if Alexa does turn out to be the new character on the Firefly Funhouse. I'll, 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 now, all that said, I'm here for a Joker Harley Quinn aesthetic between you know the Fiend and and yeah. and, and, and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, absolutely. Joker Harley Quinn. Yeah, cool. Oh. Have her be the the evil Harley Quinn that she's always kind of wanted to be, but never really sold. Do you know what I mean? She's yes. just been kind of like I'm kind of mean. <laughs> she's now found, she now she's, she's, she's like, may have found her J Man now. Yeah, Mister J. Mister J. You can tell that you and I used to watch the animated series and not the actual live-action movies. No. One of the, <laughs> one of the first... Uh, well, I've watched all of those. I even went back and did a marathon recently. But I no, it, Mark so Hamill's Joker was one of the ones I severely studied when I was... Kevin Conroy, still the, greatest, still the greatest Batman. People yep. ask me who my favorite Batman is. Kevin Conroy. Yep. He invented the Bat Boys. Come on. It never gets credit for it. Yep. Um, yeah, and well, and Harley, Harley Quinn came from that show. Paul Dini created Harley Quinn. Anyway, we're getting off the topic here. We could do a whole other show about our nerddom, but we're still here talking oh, that's about next. wrestling. That's next in the paper that's, mailbag. That's true. Very good yeah. point. It does seem to go that way, doesn't it? Uh, so let's talk about the guts of this show, because 42 minutes of this show, nearly half or more than half, was dedicated to the women's division, specifically Bailey and Sasha, who came out to cut a promo first. We came out and... Uh, they talked more about how they deserved to have their championships back, and then we had Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax come out, the tag, the new tag champions, and we had a match, a very good match actually. And I, at the time, I was sitting there on paper going, "Why are we having an automatic rematch, Nick? We're supposed to not have automatic rematches. I hate these." But there was two reasons we found out we were having this, Nick. One was to establish that. Not only Shayna can beat both of them at the same time, but Nia can too. Because after this whole match where the basically ba Bailey and Sasha got beat up a lot. They did. You ultimately had Bailey and Sasha doing a tandem move on Shayna when Nia came off the middle rope, cross body to both Bailey and Sasha. One, two, three. Nia Jackson, Shayna retain. 
However, throughout the entire match, you had Shayna Baszler working over Sasha's knee. And uh, first she dislocated Bailey's shoulder, or nearly did. And then she worked on, on, on Sasha's knee. And Sasha sold it like Shayna had essentially crippled her, which is great. That's how you should have been selling Shayna since the beginning. But it's cool. We're doing it now. Someone who can get in there and end your career, injure you in the middle of a match. Mwah! Love it. Mm. So after the match, Sasha is tending to her, her knee, which is hanging off, you know, her legs, calves hanging off like by a thread there, <laughs> shoving off the EMTs. Don't touch me! <laughs> and Bailey says, I got you, sis. And the, she starts hobbling her over to the side of the ring, and the EMTs are all watching with concern. And Bailey's like, No, 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 I got you, Sasha. And they gets her out of the ring and starts to help her, help her down. And then she knees her in the face. Knees her right in the face. Bailey just starts beating down Sasha. She beats down Sasha for so long. I went and got a drink and came back, and she was still beating down Sasha. She beat her down. She threw her against the ring steps. She beat her down in the ring. She threw her against the side. She got a chair and wrapped it around Sasha's leg and tried to stomp on it, and they stopped her. So she grabbed it, wrapped it around Sasha's head, and did an elbow drop onto her. She murdered her. Bailey finally, finally turned on Sasha. Nick, it finally happened. How well, after all this time, we all knew it's been coming forever. Forever. What did you think about the way that it finally went down and when it went down? In the moment, I was mad. I was upset. Really? Uh, I'm happy. I was happy that it was finally happening, but uh, in a very wrestling kind of way. I was like, it's not, that's not the way I wanted, I wanted Sasha to turn on Bailey because she's had enough of her shit, you know? I, th- I feel like that sure. would have been a way to get her over in a stronger way. I've gone back and watched it. I watched yeah. it again, how they executed it and how it all went down. And I, I actually think this is the right way to do it. This was the perfect way to do it. This was, we, we need to hate Bailey even more. Yes. It needed to get ratcheted up to the next level. Because right now she's kind of just annoying Karen that's yelling at the no, man. No, now she's straight up evil. Now that she's now she's just effed over her best friend. Like, and I think absolutely beat her down. Yeah, and they've also got to be nervous about the Becky Lynch heel turn. Where she turned on Charlotte and everyone started cheering for Becky. Yeah. Right? So they, they, they've got to look at that and say, how do we make sure that's not the scenario here? And having Sasha, or, or conversely, the opposite, right? True. If Sasha turns on Bailey because she's frustrated with Bailey, and it reads as Sasha you know, being an asshole to Bailey, after all that Bailey's done for her, like, yeah, she hasn't been the best friend ever, but she didn't deserve that, right? Yeah. They had to be careful with that. This was 100% the right way to go. Sasha's yep. injured. She's wounded. She's vulnerable. And Bailey just is like, I'm fed up with you. I'm fed yep. up with you losing all the rest of it. You can have a million things Bailey can say about this now, yep. right? I can't million, wait for the promo. A million reasons why she can say she took out Sasha. Sasha actually, the way that they sold it, this they could actually have Sasha out for four months and have her come back at the Royal Rumble and cost Bailey the Royal Rumble. Or, or, if or win the Rumble. Sasha could win or, the Rumble, and that's oh, she's WrestleMania my number one match. pick for winning the Royal Rumble. Let's. Oh, be I'm, clear. I'm right. I'm right there with you already. Uh, like as of this, I'm like Sasha winning. Sasha winning that Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, Becky's also but, due, I believe, in December. So I'm also not counting that out. You're right. Becky's child could actually win the Royal Rumble as no, well. No, 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 not her child. Oh. oh. I mean, it's, it's the child of Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. You want to talk about championship pedigree, that Good kid's going to come out holding a belt. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> which would be really painful. 
be really weird. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, hopefully he's holding it, not wearing it. And it's just, you know, just a matter of physics. But anyway, the, the bottom line is, is this was a really well-executed turn. Yes. Full stop. Yep. You set yourself up for it. And, and the whole story, I think, it's been, it has been going for a long time. I think they were right to not pull the trigger much, much earlier this year. And they took us through the whole them winning the championships together storyline. Looking back, even though there were moments we were all kind of like, oh, come on, get on with it already. We know where we're going. They were right. They were right to make it last this long. They were right to get the story beats that they did. They were right to have this big build up to them having everything. And then it all comes crashing down in the matter of a couple of weeks. And watch the despair and watch them both like start to start to fray around the edges. And then before it gets too obvious that they're fraying around the edges, boom. Pull the trigger. Pull yep. the trigger. Perfect timing. I thought it was perfect. Not at the pay-per-view either. No. This is the other reason why I came around and then having the rematch. This at the pay-per-view would have been a big moment, but this, I think, was better as the highlight of this show, right? As the highlight of this SmackDown. It would have, it would have taken away from the Roman Reigns um, win at Payback Yeah, if they had had this turn at Payback. It would have been too much. So, yeah. But big fan of this all around. And they, again, they gave this the lion's share of the show. They made this a big deal. For anyone who's like, no, it should have been the pay-per-view. They, ma- they made this show about this. And, and Roman stuff is secondary. So big, big ups to that. Bravo. Uh, we had a couple of other smaller little things on the show as well. This, that, was, that was the guts of the show. The, we had Miz and Morrison have a match with Heavy Machinery. It was basically just a fun little match. Ultimately, at the end, Morrison did steal Otis's uh, Money in the Bank briefcase and ran off with it. Otis was, had both that and his lunch pail, his Money in the Bank lunchbox, uh, which is, I, I hate it, Nick. I love it. I, but I want one. I, I absolutely I love it. it. I and and that here's a fun story for, you, for those of you that did not join us in the Discord last night. I actually uh, called this accidentally. And I think I, I think I said, ironic twist, the, the contract is in Lotus's lunch pail in the bank. Lotus's? Otis's lunch pail in the bank, not... Uh, the actual I thought he was, money a, in the I thought he was a yoga position. That was his new gimmick. Is no. hello, I'm I'm Lotus Lotus Dozovich. Lotus Dozovich. Lotus, yeah. uh, it's actually in the lunch pail, not in the in the thing. And then we get to that spot later, and it actually turned out. So, I you know I I love the lunchbox. I want one. If it's possible to buy one, it would make a perfect little thing to go in the backdrop back I'm here. Just saying, so I, might, I, I hate it. I that. hate that they did that. And then I'm like, oh, it's good. That's up there with the uh, – the, they're, they're doing so many things with the Money in the Bank briefcase. They had a boom box. Brock had a boom box. Beast in the box, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Beast anyway. in the bank. <sighs> you want to catch up there real quick, and then we'll, we'll – Yeah, just through. one. Kyle threw 100 bits into Bailey to me can't hold the title for much longer. She's coming up on a year. She has to drop it somewhere between now and Mania for history records. Uh, Bailey having a match – matching reign to Asuka's NXT title reign because of one story is a bit much. Yeah, still doesn't. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't. I think the NXT reign for, for Oscar is irrelevant at this point. I th- when it I, comes well, to this, it's not even relevant. It's like that will she will stay having a long reign in NXT. But those four the four horsewomen are taking all of the records. Yep. So hold your breath, Bailey. I think Bailey's going to be holding on to this for a while. I think Bailey's not going to lose it till WrestleMania. She's going to lose it to Sasha, or she'll lose it and get it back by WrestleMania. Mm, maybe if if anything, yeah. Um, so anyway, Morrison steals the briefcase, goes in the back, finds out that it's just a whole bunch of Otis's stuff, including his lunch. And Almost a stapler? Eats it. 
Randomly. Of course, why not? Goes to eat the sandwich. Mrs. like, don't. Don't do that. Yeah. I mean, I would have to. I can't blame Morrison. This is a good-looking sandwich. If we continue to have a heavy machinery, Ms. Morrison comedy feud thing, will you be satisfied with that, or you think it's going to be a waste of two tag teams? I'm happy to see Tucker wrestling. Did you see that man spinning around amateur style on John Morrison? That made me just... <gasps> Tucker, yes. Tucker, another guy is wildly underrated. So I, wildly. while I'm happy that, that heavy machinery is a unit again and we're getting more tag teams back into the tag team scene... I'm left wanting. I'm, I'm I miss Otis and Mandy. I I miss it. I don't feel like we got a, a solid conclusion on any of that. Uh, I don't know where mm. where what are they just not dating anymore? No, they are. Mandy Mandy was tweeting out support while they were doing the match. It's oh, just they didn't okay. have time for it this this week. Social this was a short thing. segment. This was a short segment. Sami Zayn came out and said he's still IC champ, and then Jeff Hardy came out and said no, I'm IC champ, and then AG came out and said. I should be IC champ. And they had a, we had a big rumble, and, Stam, and Sammy ran away before he could get really too beat up after giving AJ a haluva kick, and uh, beat up, and Jeff got beat up by AJ, and all the rest of it. It might have been the other way around. Either way, Sammy stood tall, walked away. We have a three-person intercontinental title picture, and it was all done in five minutes. Just like all the heavy machinery, Ms. Morrison stuff was about mm, seven to ten minutes total. The guts of the show was Roman, Bailey, and Sasha. And then some other stuff was getting set up. I love the Intercontinental title scene. I love Sammy, AJ, and Jeff. I wish they were all more in their primes. Uh, but this is still going to be a badass feud. Yeah. I'm, Put those I'm three in a triple threat match for the disputed Intercontinental title. <laughs> Put it in my eye holes! Oh. Put it in <laughs> my eye holes. So yeah. that's, I, I hope Sammy's not there to just eat pins. I hope he's an actual factor in this. Even if it's just like a spoiler heel, I don't care. Um, I would love to see him be there just being an absolute shithead. Yep. Uh, but overall, yeah, a very strong SmackDown, largely because they really concentrated on story. We still had some wrestling get in there. Um, but, and, and, oh, but overall, just like some really strong new directions for where they're going with a lot of these stories. So really good stuff all around. Nick, that was SmackDown. <sighs> My goodness. Uh, which means we're at the time of the show where we've actually got to do a little something that we like to refer to as the moment of positivity. Mop. That's right. The mop, the moment of positivity brought to you by Sean Clark, the mop man, Mr. Positivity himself. We are here to do a little thing. At the end of the show, we're going to talk about the, the moment, the thing that happened with the last few days in wrestling we talked about on this show. That made us happy, Nick. That gave us a sense of positivity so that we can give that positivity back to you, the listeners. All y'all hanging out with us on Twitch, listening to us in the podcast or on YouTube or wherever you're finding us. A little something to send us all out back in the world with something on our minds that makes us smile. So, Nick, what made you smile? What was your moment of positivity for this show? Uh, This is hard. Overall, the sweet, sweet exhale release of... accepting of our Lord and Savior Roman Reigns as a heel (laughs) and the sweet, sweet exhale release of Bailey and Sasha finally, finally breaking up. Like all of that happened. And the fact that after a few downtrodden weeks of, of WWE TV, SmackDown was pretty freaking awesome last night. So yeah, it's, it's just this, Oh, it's finally happening. Okay. And I think we're going to give you more of that. Over on AEW at All Out tonight. So I, th- th- this week, like a lot of stuff is culminating. Yeah. This week, like a lot of triggers are getting. End pulled. of summer, baby. 
It's oh. like we're bang, let's head head first into fall. G one yep. starting in a couple of weeks. I mean, just good <laughs> lord. Cats and dogs living together, mass, mass hysteria. hysteria. Yeah. Uh, that was mine. Is sort of like I, we have traditionally been very down on Roman Reigns for obvious reasons, as many people have. This was the first. Even the last couple of weeks, I was even down on him, just down on the fiend, just ruining the fiend. In a, right. In, a, in one sentence, I've, I've said that. Him opening the show with Paul this week, completely. I'm, I'm 180. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Sold. And it's funny, man, because I'm glad that you phrased it the way that you did with everything, because it leaves enough open for me to also make it my mop. Mm. Smackdown. Okay. Smackdown. For the first time in as long as I can remember, Nick. SmackDown was my favorite show of the week. I enjoyed SmackDown. I was more entertained watching it than I was. Enter- I was. I was riveted more than AEW on their go home show, more than NXT, which had a big t- hour long Iron Man match, which was fine, but just you know, complete blue balls at the end. Like SmackDown, I was entertained. Still, way too many damn commercials on that show. Like, still just, there's no flow. Like, they're cutting in all the time with these damn commercials. And yet, I had to see what happened next. They finally, SmackDown did that. And I've got to make that my moment of positivity because when it's good, it's good, man. And I'll, I'll, I, when WWE is good, I'll tell them. They're, they're good. Really we'll good. Call stuff. them out when they suck and we'll say when they're good. They were good this week. Really good. So, that's Fantastic. my moment of positivity. SmackDown, best show of the wow. week. Wow. Who knew we would both say SmackDown was our. Was our moment of positivity in a week? <laughs> it's weird. Good time. Lord, twenty twenty. It's weird times we're living in, man. But I'm 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 happy to see it. I want to see WWE get better. Yeah. You know, like I want I want to see it get better. I want to see, and I also want to see all the employees stand up for their rights and tell Vince, no, you can't take away our third party stuff. That's a whole different thing. Not for right now, because we're all done with our show, Nick, and we got to get going because we've got AEW All Out coming up. Thanks to everybody who's hanging out in our chat right now. Stay tuned because we're going to take a quick break and come right back with our mailbag episode. And if you're listening to this somewhere else, either on podcast or on YouTube or wherever you may have found us and are listening to us, check out that mailbag episode, which will also be up as well later. And thanks for hanging out with us for this show. Yep. Thank you very much, guys. Hang tight if you're in the chat. We're going to take a 10-minute break and uh, we're going to throw up the, the Be Right Back screen. And Indeed. Uh, and uh, we'll be right back with the patron mailbag. But guys, make sure you get into the Discord. That is going to be hot fire for the next few weeks as we've got mm. cla- all out tonight. We've got Clash of Champions coming up on, I believe it's the 29th, 27th? Yep. I think it's the 27th, three week, about three weeks from now. We've got the G1 starting in a couple of weeks. It's all going to be happening in our Discord with live chats happening for all of this stuff. Plus, live chats all throughout the week for all of the weekly shows uh, going mm. on across the landscape of professional wrestling. You definitely want to be in there. Get into the Facebook discussion group. Like our page over there as well. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. We're looking at doing some additional stuff over there. Uh, YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're subscribed. And patrons, thank you guys so much. Uh, we do have annual memberships available at a discount now. So hit Patreon.com slash BWO. We are also doing some uh, some moving of our things around. So the $5 tier and the $10 tier the are, g- are going to get a lot more big-time value tiers. So doing that, head over doing to Patreon. That- do that B-dub shuffle. <laughs> Do the B-dub shuffle. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So patreon.com slash BWO. Plus, if you are a $5 or higher patron, you can send in questions for our next show, the patron mailbag, every single week for Ian and I to answer right here. Mm. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back with the patron mailbag in about 10 minutes. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.